Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to the Soccer Phil Show, hosted by Phil Zayas. This is a show that encompasses everything soccer, from grassroots to pro stadiums. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Soccer Phil Show. This is Phil Zayas coming to you from beautiful Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, I've got my co-host here, Freddie Moore, on from Tampa, Florida. Freddie, how's it going? Things are going good, man. Very good. Hey, Freddie, did you get a chance to watch that U.S. national team game last night against Honduras? You know I did. <laughs> well, um, we'll you know what? Later on in the in the uh, in the show, we'll talk about it just a little. I I don't want to talk too much about it because obviously today's topic is pay to play, and um, it's been a very controversial topic. Um, but I think it kind of links with our with the national team a little because I've just noticed the trend seems to be anytime you know our national team you know has a has a, you know a bad moment or or you know a, a failed moment I guess in the eyes of the fans um, they quickly you know jump to the pay to play is the reason why you know and 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 so anyways so I want to stick with the topic but definitely want to I mean it was a um, I don't want to say it was a great game, but we got the result we needed. So we'll talk about it a little bit after um, after we take a break. Um, we come back for the second half of the show, but I want to get right into this pay-to-play topic. Um, so first, and I want to start with this um, for the listeners out there. And look, if if you are a person that really hates the play-to-play model, um, I would say – you know, you have to keep in mind that here in the United States, like we, there's expenses to play, um, the field rental, uh, coach, uh, paying the coaches, paying the referees, tournament fees, league fees, and the list goes on and on and on. So that said, if you really don't like the model, feel free to sponsor a club. I know most clubs take sponsorships. Um, I actually have a, uh, an academy where we develop players and we move them on to the next level. And, um, you know, we would love to go to a, um, you know, a non pay to play model, but that takes sponsorships. And I just want everyone to know that you could also be a sponsor of this show, um, the soccer Phil show. And by sponsoring, we actually put the money toward our program where we do scholarship kids in the program. We do try to alleviate some of the costs of the league fees, field rentals, all that stuff. So, um, that's why I created the show is really to help, um, you know, use, use the funds that we get from sponsors to, um, to help players in the community. So, uh, again, um, if you'd like to be a sponsor, we can here on our show, uh, we can market your business and, uh, we run tournaments, camps, all that stuff, a, a, a youth academy, and we'll blast your business all over the place as much as we can and use our, our network here to, uh, to help your business and and also it goes to a good cause where we we help kids uh, that sometimes don't have the financial means um, or at least help alleviate some of the costs. So um, and again, maybe I'm not in your area. You, you want to sponsor another club? Again, if we want to get rid of pay to play, uh, the money's got to come from somewhere. So um, you know, feel free to be part of the solution and obviously not part of the problem. So, anyways. That's my take. Freddie, anything to add on that one? Then? Yeah, sure do. So, um, 
I loved I loved uh, what you said that you know um, the money has to come from somewhere. But being a a, a player who grew up with um, parents that were not financially in a position to give me the best of things. Um, soccer in this country has been and is now and will always be free to play. It's, it's, you get what you pay for. I grew up with a group of friends who loved the game of soccer. After school every day, we grabbed a ball, we rode our bikes to the park, and we played 1v1, 2v2, 3v3 to trash cans. There's no cost in that. The cost comes when you want the bells and whistles of the game, um, like a gym membership. It, if you want to go to a gym to, to lose weight, to, to get fit, that's fantastic. But you can still lose weight. You can still get fit. You can still all do all those things without going to a gym, but, but you're paying for the amenities. And, and I really believe that, like you said, you get what you pay for. There's a lot of things behind the scenes that people don't talk about. Uh, coaching education, the time, you know, it takes to, to, to hone your craft as a coach and, and develop so that you can be a resource for the kids. Um, there's so many other factors. Um, probably starting to run with this topic. Mm. Feel very passionate about both sides. Yeah. Well, Freddie, just to chime in what you're saying, I was in the same boat you were in and my parents were not in a financial uh, position to, you know, I had friends that their parents send would send them to Argentina or to Germany or whatever, you know, when they were like 13, 14 years old and they get to go experience that. I, I, you know, my parents could, you know, maybe afford a camp once a year that was like 150 bucks. So it was like a three day thing, or maybe if I was lucky a week thing, but for the most part, but I was passionate and I was hungry. So I found a way to borrow some balls. um, And I found two or three other guys that were just as hungry or driven as me. And we would go to the field every day and train, 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 train. I'd find pickup games at the end of the day. There's no secret secret recipe when it comes to being successful in the game. It's just a matter of how bad you want it and how, how much you're willing to sacrifice to get it. And with that said, we didn't have what these kids have nowadays, which is YouTube and all that stuff. So truth be told, you really don't need a lot of money to be successful in this game. Um, you really don't. Um, but, and, and, you know, my program that I run Freddie, it's um, we really, try to give the kids maximum exposure for a fraction of the cost because, you know, let's face it. There's times where a club team, let's say from Florida, will go to like Vegas for a tournament and truth be told, do they really need to go? I mean, how many kids go to college on the West coast, like from, from the East coast, not many. So there's a lot, I think there's a lot of, you know, money spent. That's doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. So, you know, and again, my, my academy is not, we're not a traditional club. So, you know, kids can play for other clubs and, and still be a part of it. And we just try to help kids get into school and, and, and get, or get to the professional level. So that's our objective, but I, I, I can relate to all your points and um, you know, and, and I think this is going to surprise a lot of people, my perspective um, and where it comes from, but, you know, after coaching college soccer for about 15 years, and traveling all over the place and seeing the other model, which is the not pay to play model, um, really actually helped me to embrace and appreciate the model we have here. Well, you know, and so I'm probably going to surprise a lot of people because this is like, 
you know, <laughs> people are very passionate about this topic and they get angry, you know, and frustrated. Like, what do you mean you don't, uh, you, you should be against pay to play. But, um, you know, I think we, there's a lot of things we have to take into consideration. But I, I want to share an experience I had in South America when I was recruiting for an NAI school. Um, and this trip and this experience actually really changed my perspective on why I actually thought the pay to play model in our country makes sense for us. I'm not saying it makes sense for other, other countries, although ironically, some countries are starting to do that now. Uh, and, and, and you, it's primarily not the clubs that are pro if it's a non-professional club, uh, you know, a club that's not, you know, um, affiliated with a pro team in other countries, they're actually starting to charge. And, um, there's even some pro clubs that are charging for like their reserve teams as a way to bring in money for the club. So some, some clubs around the world looked at our model and they're like, Hey, wait a minute, the U S is actually onto something there. <laughs> like maybe we should do it like them a little bit. Cause you know, we're, you know, over here, we generate money, you know, to where in some countries they, they lose money from their soccer clubs. So anyways, but I just want to share this experience. So I'm in South America and I'm at a, a college combine and I'm watching and at the, at, at the same park, uh, there was like a professional club training where I was watching, um, you know, these non-pro players and, um, you know, pro clubs have a whole youth system. So the way it works there is you don't pay to play. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, man. I lost you for a second. Um, so like I was saying, um, in, you know, in, in these clubs that are not pay to play, um, you know, when the kids around 12 or 13 years old, they, they find you, you know, in the community and, um, you know, they, they recognize, recognize your talents. And if they think you could be on a pathway to pro in some countries, they even tell kids they have to stop going to school. So, you know, a lot of times when I go to South America and I'm trapped, you know, like on my way to the, to the field, um, and it could be at like nine or 10 AM in the morning. It's very often. I don't see kids with, with books. I, I, I see them with, with cleats. And they're heading to training. And so um, if they're in a professional club, many of these kids give up school and education to pursue um, a career as a pro. And, you know, the tough part about it is, and, and it was tough to learn all this stuff, but, um, you know, sometimes these kids come from, you know, families that, um, you know, are struggling financially and um, they're really their hope of making it out of poverty is this kid and in hopes that he signs a professional contract. Um, so anyways, I'm there in South America. I'm, I'm, I'm watching, um, I'm at a college showcase and I'm at the field and to the field next to me is a professional club's youth program. And one of the coaches approached me and he was asking me, Hey, what's, you know, what's going on with, you know, what are you guys doing here? And we explained where, you know, we're here to, to recruit kids to play in college, you know, college soccer. And he said, well, we have some kids in our club. Cause what happens there is that when you hit 18, like you could be in the club, um, you know, from when you're little, but when you hit 18, they either, it's like, it's kind of like your, um, your shelf, your shelf life is coming to an end. Either a, uh, they're going to sign you on a pro contract or B they're going to cut you. And when they cut you, you know, you could bounce around to some other clubs, but pretty much you, you're not going to be a pro at that point. So, um, 
you know, he was explaining to me that, Hey, we have some, um, you know, some kids in our club that, um, you know, we're hoping to sign pro contracts. They've been with us for a long time and, you know, we feel terrible that we have to cut them, but we would love for them to have an opportunity to go to the United States and to go to school. And we would love for you to talk to them. So anyways, um, they, he introduced me to these guys and right as he's introducing me, he cut like five of them. And, um, it was, it was really, uh, it was an unbelievable experience because I mean, I felt terrible for these kids. I mean, it was like, you, you, it was like telling them a family member had just died or something. I mean, it was, it, it was very intense to be in that room. You could feel the tension and, you know, these kids looked devastated and then he said, you know, I have this guy here who wants to, um, you know, who is interested in bringing you to the United States. Well, you know, after all was said and done, the kids didn't really have the English level. Um, they, the, most of them or a few, the few of them had given up on education a few years prior. So they didn't even have any education. Um, and that's not everyone there. A lot of kids are now going to school and, and uh, they're pushing education a lot more, but in these kids case that, you know, in these kids situation, that was the, that was the case. And, um, you know, so I, I left that situation and I thought to myself, man, like how lucky are our kids in the United States? Like how fortunate, like in our country, you can f- I, like, I mean, just think about this. Kids go to high school. Some kids fail in high school, go to a JUCO and then get a second chance. I've seen kids fail two and three times. I've seen kids get a GED and still end up going to college, playing on a scholarship and getting ahead. Um, You know, our kids, they don't realize uh, and we don't realize that we have it made. And so um, but I I thought back, I thought to myself, wait a minute. So these kids sacrificed their education to get this chance, which is like a less than a one percent chance. But to get this chance of being a pro um, and it made me really think like, man, maybe we don't have a bad like maybe it maybe our plan isn't that bad. Like education is a great thing. And, um, you know, I asked I said I asked what was going to become of these kids. Like, what are they going to do? And, and some people told me, well, you know, sometimes they have a hard time getting a job and it's not so easy and they have to do really hard type of, you know labor jobs that, you know, because they have no education now and they risked everything for soccer. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, like maybe our pay to play isn't such a bad idea because, you know, these kids, they, in, in some countries where they play for free, you know, they're, it's not really free. Like they're paying with their life. They're investing their life. They're paying with their life. And you know, with no, with no guarantee on the future. And I think to me, that's, that, that's not a great system where over here, you know, every time, uh, you know, if we're not, you know, I don't know if, 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 you know, if we don't qualify for the world cup or something like that, everyone says, Oh, it's cause we have a pay to play system. Um, and you know, just being in that environment and seeing that it made me realize, you know, maybe our system isn't so bad. And then the other piece, and this is just my own experience. Like, look, we have, we have 3 million youth soccer players in the United States. So to me, it's not a matter of how much they, they pay, but it's what we're doing with those 3 million. Um, So, 
So I don't think we have a pay to play problem. I would say if anything, we have a coaching problem, um, which I can address a little bit more, but, um, well, look, if you I jump in there real quick, Phil, go ahead. You know, your experience is, is, is incredible. And unfortunately the people that cry out for free to play, they don't hear those stories enough. They don't understand. They, they want the luxury of not having to pay for the game, but they don't want to hear the other side of the story. And it's heartbreak. I had a player who was here, uh, you know, and his parents, unfortunately, they were, they were, they were here illegally. Um, but his chance to stay in this country and make something out of himself, he wanted to go to school. He didn't want to play pro. He just wanted to stay here. He knew what it was like back home, and he wanted to stay here. And he told me, Coach, if I if I don't make it here, I have to go back with my family. And that means I have to work on the farm and we work on a mountain. And it's not an easy life, Coach, you know, and, and it breaks your heart, you know. And um, those are tough stories. And with with some of the other countries like Europe, um, you know, some of the federation chips in and, and makes the game a little bit more affordable. But like what you said, we have three million players uh, our federation, you know, they, they, they're doing a good job, um, but they can't afford, we're, we're so big. Uh, they can't afford to, to do what Europe does. Um, corporate sponsors could help. Um, I would like, I definitely love to see them chip in and, and help. Um, but those are all things that I think, uh, um, you know, that, that need to be discussed that, 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 you know, the conversation needs to be had. Are there a lot of, are there a lot of pros and a lot of cons to pay to play? Absolutely. Um, but I think that's why we're having this conversation today. Yeah, absolutely. And um, well, look, I just, here's my thing. And, and this is going to be unpopular, but I don't care because that's, that's who I am. Um, I just say it how I think it and, and what, you know, how, how I see, how I see it. And um, I think we need to stop using pay to play as an excuse to any failure at an international level or as to why our players aren't better. Like we need to stop saying, Oh, well it's cause we have a pay to play system. And the irony is I hear coaches that literally make a living off of the game because it's a play to play system complaining that we have a pay to play system. I feel like <laughs> one, I got one better for you. Uh, couple of I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago maybe a month ago uh Ibrahimovic made a comment uh in an interview about pay to play that his kids would never be able to play the game that it wouldn't be or, or I'm sorry that he wouldn't have been able to play the game because the game would would have been out it, he would have been priced out of the game and my argument to that is then why don't we make the game free for the kids to come and watch you play um, they forget about the money that they generate in revenue from the kids that come and watch the, that buy their jerseys that do those things. So there's a lot of, um, you know, hypocrites when they come to the, that pay to play model or, um, how that they profit off the game itself. Um, well, well, and, and, and Freddie to add to that, um, in many countries where football soccer is the culture uh, a big part of the player's development is being in that stadium and watching those games. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I've seen that as, you know, being a college coach and recruiting, like I recruited a lot of guys from Argentina and there was times that 
sometimes they, I, I recruited a guy that maybe wasn't, didn't have the top tactical awareness, but was hungry, was passionate. And the bottom line is the, the game was like in his blood because he was in the stadium every Sunday or Saturday you know, because it's part of the culture and he's wa- and he's watched so much of the game that the tactics came to him very easy because he's watched like everyone knows the game because they watch it all the time. So watching the game is a big part of player development. It's a whole nother topic. But um, but I just think pay to play as as a reason to us not being better is an excuse that we need to stop. And and I'm going to give some reasons why. OK, Um one is, and we got to consider this, this is our culture as Americans. Keep in mind, and I think people have to understand this, Americans are accustomed to paying for a good product. An example would be if you go to the supermarket and you see Heinz ketchup, but then you see next to it brand X and both have the same exact ingredients, but Heinz ketchup is $1.50 more, you're probably paying the $1.50 more for the better product. Um, and I think that is just an American mentality. Um, another, another, um, example would be, and, and I don't know if you've been in this situation, Freddie, but I've coached a youth team before where, you know, let's say the fee was 2000 bucks for the year to be part of the team. And I had a really good team and I had a kid, and I, had, I had multiple kids come to me and say, coach, you know, and the parents would come to me and they coach, listen, I really want to be on your team, but club xyz over there they're offering us to play for free and i'm like well you know if you want you can go there for free um but here's what you get with me and you have to pay for it but at the end of the day like this is the service that i provide and they were able to measure both and in the end they chose to pay instead of going to where it was free and they could have went for free but they chose to go. So I think sometimes our American mentality, we kind of judge the product based on the price. Like yeah. that's just part of our culture. What, what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say yes. Um, when you look at the Olympics, for an example, every year uh, we're either, we, we win more medals or we're, we're right up there. Um, all of our sports, you know, we're not, we talk, we're talking about soccer today, but all of our sports falling under that, that pay to play category. Um, we, we do tend to enjoy what we pay for. Um, you know, we will pay for the brands, uh, you know, our country, you know, um, you know, our kids want to wear Nike shoes. They, they don't want to wear knockoffs. They, they, they just are, they have a certain, um, comfort level of, of, of brands that they know that they're comfortable with. And, and what I would say with, um, with this situation is, you know, look at hockey. We're either the best or, or we're arguably the second best in the world. Baseball, you know, uh, basketball. Things that, um, that I, that I believe strongly in that, isn't necessarily the problem. You there, right. Yeah, I'm here. So, um, yeah, no, I, I listen, I agree with everything you were saying. And, um, you know, again, I, I for me, I, I'm just, I'm trying to just explain why I think I, I'm not, I'm not against a free system. 
Yeah. As long as we can come up with some solutions on how it's going to be free. But um, I, well, before- I, I, I also don't want to say, and I, I, I want to make the points that pay to play as an excuse as to why we're not better is not, it's just, it, to me, I believe it's an excuse. I don't think it's a good reason as to why we're not better. And I agree. I agree. And that's, that's why I was touching on those, those other sports. Um, yeah. I, I, one of the, I guess one of the strongest arguments is in every other sport, it requires so much to play the game. Um, you know, the equipment costs. Soccer is such a cheap sport to play. It just requires a ball and, and a little bit of space and a little bit of fields and a couple of friends. So, um, well, don't get, don't, don't get me wrong, Freddie. I mean, I, I don't want to take away from that. I mean, look, I know I'm going to have people saying, Phil, what are you talking about? Like yeah. in some places, it's like 10,000 bucks a year. And, and, and I, I think some clubs need to figure out how to manage that better because there's no, like there's sometimes it's, sometimes it's pointless to, to go to some of the events that some of the clubs go to, um, or to do as many, um, I agree. You know, and, and, and so maybe, maybe, you know, but that's, that's a, a club, you know, every club is different, but um, again, well, one, I thing, one thing I think gets overlooked too is, is how many good people there are in the community right now that are offering scholarships. Um, some of the clubs that I've been a part of um, behind the scenes, they do a lot of, they do a lot of really good for, for people that can't afford to play. And, and, and that needs to be uh, addressed as well, because we, yeah. we talk so much about what, the kids don't have but I, I don't know about you but me personally I can't remember ever turning away a player and saying yeah. you can't afford to play well I, I well Fre- Freddie I was gonna uh, that was one of that was one of the points I was gonna make is that you know to me that's why these are excuses I I don't know of any club like if a kid is good enough and I think that's part of it too right like if a kid is good enough or is talented or has potential or really wants to play, I, I don't know. Like I've, I've been a director of coaching of three clubs and I don't know a situation that we knew, know of that, that, I, that I remember of a kid that was really good, really wanted to play. And we were like, nope, sorry, can't do it. Yeah. Well, that like we always found a way. Yeah. Just like you said, I think that good enough, meaning that they can get a scholarship to, to play at the competitive level level. If they're not good enough, they still love the game. There's still scholarships at the recreational level. So there's still somewhere for them to enjoy the game. I, I, I think many clubs offer scholarships, um, especially for talented players. I, I, I don't, there's, they, they, I, I, I don't know. Every director I know has shared info with me on how they find a way to make it work for, and there's always clubs that have some kids that have some financial hardships. And so um, that's why, again, I, I think it's, it's a bad excuse. Um, here's, a, here's the other one um, that I think is a valid point is that, and people have to consider this, in, in other countries, because we're always compared to other countries, right? So in, in, other, in some countries, soccer is included in the taxes they pay. Yeah. So you could be in a country where, you know, people pay 60% of their income of taxes and you know what? Soccer's free, but is it really free? <laughs> you know, they're paying a lot in taxes. So in those situations, that's where, um, you know, again, they are paying for it, but it's just included on the taxes. The other thing, and, and don't get me wrong, pay to play maybe was a good argument 13 years ago, 10 years ago, even. 
But now, in the state we are in now, in this country, where, where soccer is going, I mean, every MLS next – MLS club. I'm talking about the MLS clubs. Yep. They have free youth academies. Absolutely. So kids are – I mean, these clubs are investing thousands of dollars on these kids and resources. Um, and we're going to talk about the pros and cons of all that in a little bit. But Bill, not only, not only the MLS clubs, look at the USL. Our, our rowdies right now, they have um, free to play for, for them as well. Man, I, I, oh, I wish I would have had this opportunity as a kid. Could you imagine? Um, you know, so, so again, that's why I think pay to play as an, is an excuse as to why we're not better. And, and I hate saying we're not better because if you really, if people really look at where we are as a country right now in soccer, like we have, we have about 15 guys playing at the top level in Europe right now. Our, our captain just won the Champions League. I mean, we have a bunch of guys playing in Champions League. I mean, and I would say in, I would, by another f- two to five years, we'll probably have 30 to 50 guys playing at that level. Like yeah. it's only and, – and the reason why is because, um, you know, a, a lot of the MLS academies, you know. So um, – and, and, and we're going to go into that, into the pros and cons. Again, I'm not against a free environment, but and, – and MLS offers – MLS or USL offers a professional environment. I think that's fantastic for our players. It was needed and it's awesome to see it going there. So that's why when people say, Oh, we have a pay to play system. I'm like, eh, you know, (laughs) you know, our best players in this country arguably are not paying to play when you look at it. Can I ask you a question, Phil? Yep. So I think both of us being heavily involved in the game, um, both, you know, on the collegiate side, the, the youth side, um, maybe we're more biased because we can see the entire landscape. But coming from a parent's perspective, maybe it's a little bit different. And maybe maybe there needs to be some type of um, communication, you know, and, and outreach. Like you said earlier, there really is no such thing as free to play. It, the money's coming from somewhere. Somebody has to pay for the field. Somebody's cutting that grass. The guy that that puts the chemicals on the grass, the guy that puts the nets on the goals, the guys that line the fields, the guys that organize the leagues, all these countless people that are involved in the game. They do a wonderful job to provide this atmosphere for the kids. It comes from somewhere. So, so my argument, or I guess my question would be, um, is it guys like us who, who sound very pro pay to play, even though we're very, very much believers that the game should be affordable for everybody. Um, that it's the people that aren't in our shoes that don't see the behind the scenes um, that we have a different perspective, not necessarily a different uh, view. I'm sorry. Say that again. So do you think that our perspective is different because we live it every day? Well, I mean, our uh, perspective, our perspective is different because of our experiences and, and you know, that we get to interact uh, I mean, throughout the years, we've interacted with parents, players um, from our country and abroad. And, I, and, I, and to me, that's what shapes, has shaped my opinion, um, yeah. you know, is, is that really, um, you know, so, um, so um, let's, well, let's, let's talk about the pros and cons. Cause I think, <laughs> I think there are pros and cons to playing um, to, you know, to playing for free and there's pros of cons 
to the pay-to-play system. Let, let, let's talk about them a little bit. Actually, let's talk about the, about the pros and cons of, of a free system, and then we're going to take a little break, and then we'll come back for the second half. And at the end, I'm going to get your opinion on the, you know, a, li- a little bit on the U.S. game just because, you know, it was, it, was, it was a big, big match. So, uh, anyways, pros and cons of the free system. So, for me, a pro is it's free. <laughs> you know, parents are saving a ton of money. And for a player that maybe, you know, has some financial hardships, this is awesome for him and provides professionalized coaching uh, for free. So uh, the next one I put is you are in a professional environment. You're getting great coaching or good coaching. Um, it's not necessarily always great. And, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to watch a lot of professional youth clubs train, play games, see coaches on a regular basis. And truth be told, well, I'll get to that. Uh, truth be told, sometimes there is better coaching sometimes in a pay-to-play situation than even in an MLS or uh, even in a club abroad um, that's a pro club. I, I've, I've sometimes seen better coaching. So, uh, But you definitely are going to get good coaching. High level of competition every day because in a free environment that's a professional MLS level or equivalent or USL, um, a, free, a free system, they have probably the best players and that creates high level of competition every day. Right. Um, minimal parental involvement. So this is an, in, this is interesting, Freddie, because like when I go to watch, uh, and you probably see it too up there, but like when I go to watch MLS clubs or USL or, or even when I go to South America in a free environment where you are not paying to play as a parent, you have really no voice. You drop your kid off and you're lucky if you get to see through a hole in the fence. Uh, at, at training, you know, in it, it, so the parents aren't even in the facility. Um, you drop the kid off and you leave. And, and, and there's, you know, I think there's some pros of that because that eliminates stuff like the car ride home, uh, the parent telling the kid, Hey, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. So, I, you know, I, in the session. So it, I think it's, a, it, it's, that's a positive thing. Um, also in a pro environment and, and a free system, you are on a pathway to pro. Like you're there because they're investing in you to be a professional. So to me, those are the pros that I see. Do you want to add anything to that? Okay. So, um, yeah, so you want to, um, you, you want to, do you want to add to the pros of this? Um, yeah. So, so like I said before, the, the first thing is, um, soccer again in this country has will and, is currently free to play if you want to go and play. Uh, it doesn't require organized soccer. Now, free organized soccer, um, the pros to that, from a coaching perspective, uh, it, it, it takes the expectations off of the coach. Um, you know, I think that that's from our line of work. Uh, once, you, once you have a parent that feels like they're investing in the game, uh, it just becomes a game again. And I think that it takes the burden off them to, to feel like when they're pumping out the money and paying money for the product that they feel like they, their kid can just enjoy the game. They're not in it to get something out of it. Um, that's what I would say I would, the pros would be. Okay. All right. So here's my cons. 
um, one of the cons is when, when a club pays for you, <clears throat> they're looking for a return on that investment. Yep. Um, you know, and so, you know, think about it. if you're like 17, almost 18 and they don't see you material materializing, you might, they might start putting you at the end of the list in their club and they're not investing you in, in you as much because they don't see that there's going to be a return on this investment. You might be on your way out, but in that time, that's a critical time for you to either be seen by someone else. And because you're locked into this club, you're probably not getting seen for college. You're probably not getting seen by other pro clubs, you know? So I think that's a negative aspect of it, you know, or you're, you're kind of locked in. Um, you know, the other part is, even though it's a pro club, you know, what if they're getting it wrong when it comes to you as a player? So, you know, you could be uh, a really good player, but the, the club sees you playing maybe a different position or, you know, um, you know, for whatever reason, you're not thriving in that environment. And, um, you know, in the end, you're kind of kind of stuck. It's it's not like you have a lot of options at this point. Um, the other the other one is and, and I, I don't think a lot of people understand this, but. You know, some some pro clubs, some, not all, um, could be club-centric opposed to player-centric. So, you know, what does that, what is that, that means? Maybe, maybe the U15s or U17s or whatever, or, you know, maybe they're playing a certain system uh, or, or, or a, um, you know, maybe the 15s and the 17s are playing a certain system. Same with the reserve team because the first team's playing a certain way and they want everyone to play that way. But maybe as a player, that doesn't necessarily fit you as a player. So that's something else to consider, you know? And to me, these are, these are, these are cons with that, you know? Do you, do you have any to add to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, say, I would say that, you know, as a parent, um, you lose the ability to have control, um, I wouldn't say, ah, I don't want to use that word control. You lose the ability to um, become the customer and decide if that's where you want to um, have your child be developed uh, or, or to just enjoy the game. And I, I go back to that and I know this is a little bit off topic, but I don't, you know, I don't know about you, but when your kid or, or when you started playing or I started playing, we didn't, we didn't go play to go get developed. We went to go play because we, we love the game. And, you know, you take your kid to an arcade, they go and they pay, you know, $20, $30 and quarters. And they go and they invest into a night of enjoyment. And to me, the con would be uh, of um, would be you're taking something that is very enjoyable and you're making it into something that becomes a stressful or um, you're looking for you're you're looking for some kind of. Um, I'm getting lost here, Phil. Mm, I, I I I get it. Yeah, I know I know what you're trying what I mean. to say, but yeah, um, you know, I want to add something to this because just while you were talking, it hit me, and it made me realize something. And and you know, this might ruffle some feathers, but I'm going to be honest with this on on this one. Um, you know, sometimes in a pro club, look, youth soccer is about development. And I think even even a pro club should want to foster the development of the younger players, U15s, U17s, so that when they're ready for the senior level, they have more players available to them. Like the whole objective of a free academy 
is to produce players that are going to impact the first team at some point. So, so their, their job is to develop these players. So it is about, it is really about player development. You have to develop these players. Well, wouldn't you argue though, Phil, that there's two types of pro development for clubs, one to develop players to play within their own professional environment and another to sell off the players for profit. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, pro, I mean, that, that's, that is the business model. The business model of a pro club is uh, of many, most clubs around the world is to develop players and move them on. So they make money off the transfer fees. No, one more thing. Absolutely. But what my point that I, I wanted to make on this is that in a lot of pro clubs, um, sometimes the coaches are former players with very little coaching experience. And this is where I say, I said earlier, I think in this country we have a coaching issue. I don't think we have, uh, you know, I don't think the issue is a pay to play issue. I think it's a coaching issue. And I think sometimes we have our coaches in the wrong spots, but, and that, that is, that is what I just mentioned is a problem all over the world. Like when I travel to South America or Europe, you'll see a guy working with the academy team. I'll be like, Oh, who's that guy? Oh, he was a former player here and he was really good. And he's now working with this, you know, the 15s or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, you know, what's his coaching experience? And really they're like, Oh, well he played at the highest level. Oh, okay. But you know, what people fail to realize is that that doesn't always translate. Like just because someone played at the highest level doesn't mean they can coach even at the lowest level. You you understand what I'm saying? So now We've got a coach who played at the highest level, but doesn't can't really foster the development of players that may that are supposed to be on a pathway to pro. So that to me is a con in some situations. Every there now there there are some former pro players that are great coaches, you know. Um, so it, it's not a you know every you know uh, one size fits all, but it's it's definitely a con. And I think that's a that's a, just a an issue we have in this country that coaches are promoted not necessarily by merit but by who you know or or where you played and stuff like that. So that to me is a whole other topic. But again, that's another con. And going back to the other topic you mentioned uh, in regards to the model of you know their objective, their objective is to either develop you so you impact the first team or develop you so they can move you on. And, and and basically sell you, right? Right, which is a luxury in our country that we do not have. What do you mean? Well, right now, our youth youth programs here in, in the Tampa Bay area, or I'm sure down in Miami, um, when our, our clubs develop the players, we, we can't sell them. We can't profit off of them. Um, I think that's... I think that's going to change. I think it's changing. Um, I think that's a, something that's evolving, um, you know, and, uh, you know, once a kid signs a pro contract, I know they can. Yeah. It's, you it's, know, but it's been know. in our country that for a long time, um, you know, we haven't, we haven't, it, a club can develop a player for 10 years that a player decides to, to go out on a trial and, and try out for a professional club in Germany, signs a contract. Uh, there's no obligation. You yeah. Hadn't been any obligation to, to give back to the club to help develop. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that Freddie, that's a whole nother topic, but I will say that 
you are seeing more of a trend of players signing pro contracts. It's, you know, 16, 17 years old here in this country. And then now if those players want to move on, that's why I said earlier, I'm like in the next few years, you're going to see 40 to 50 player American players playing in the champions league or playing, you know, because we're, we are moving players on, but it's, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to sign those guys. I mean, uh, you know, we had a guy last night for the U.S. national team scored our, our scored a goal, and he's what 18 years old um, from FC Dallas, and um, you know that that's going to become more of a trend, and I, I won't be surprised if that guy's in Europe real soon. You know, yeah. so I think that's going to be way more of a trend. Um, but yeah, I, I your 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 point is another topic, but uh, and, and I agree, but I, and well, I think the game's well, just evolving to that. You know, just think about it. Think of a, a local club in the Tampa Bay area, the Miami area, the Orlando area. Um, they develop a player and then they, they, they are able to recoup some of the, um, the signing fees, you know, for some of these players, imagine how much money can go back into the community, into the club, into the game to make the game more affordable. You know, I think that's something at some point, you know, we, we, we will always debate this and I don't know if it's a debate that'll ever get solved because you have so many different views, but what's the solution? You know, is it corporate investment? Is it community investment? You know, is it prioritizing what, what's best for the players and the needs versus the the wants? Um, you know, and I think that, you know, at some point, you know, now like what you said, with so many players going off and playing abroad and so many players going to be signing for larger clubs, it would be nice if some of those signing fees could get kicked back and not only to the federation, but to the to the MLS clubs, but then even trickle into the community clubs that really, really could use um, the revenue to, to help with fields, um, maybe, you know, expand a little bit in communities there. There's more players and just not enough fields um, because I think, I think it's all connected and I think it all goes together. You know, as we have success in our country and our players have success, I think that we need to make sure that our youth program has success and, yeah. and, you know, that's the reason for this conversation, I believe. Yeah. Well, I think the game is going to continue to evolve in this country. Um, but, hey, Freddie, we're going to take a quick break. Um, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the pros and cons um, of pay to play. You know, we just talked about the pros and cons of, of uh, a free system. Well, now we're going to talk about the pros and cons of pay to play. And um, and then we'll mention it. We'll talk a little bit at the end about that uh that game, that match last night. Welcome to the segment of the show that I like to call the halftime talk. This is the time we recognize our sponsors and make announcements. Do you have a business? Would you like to market that business in the soccer community? Well, we can help. Become a sponsor of the Soccer Phil Show, and we will tell everyone about your business. 100% of your sponsorship goes to minimizing the cost for soccer players who have financial hardships and have the ability to play at the next level. Assist the youth player today so their soccer dreams may become a reality. Email me at pzayas10 at gmail.com to sponsor today. In other soccer field news, my academy, Miami AC, just wrapped up our first annual college prep summer program. We had 45 players with us for two months. In two months, these players, ages 14 to 23, got next-level training and exposure from college and pro-level coaches. The players were from different clubs in the South Florida community and, in the future, will be open to players from around the world. The program was a great success, and please check us out for next summer and other training opportunities. You can visit our website at 
www.miami-ac.org. This summer, we also hosted our college ID camp. The camp was for high school age boys, and we had coaches of every level represented, NAI, JUCO, NCAA D1, D2, and MLS scouts. The players got great exposure to the next level. We will be hosting an ID camp for girls sometime in December. Please check out our website and social media for updates. Now, back to the Soccer Phil Show. All right, Freddie, we're back, and we're going to jump right on this. Uh, pros and cons of pay-to-play, okay? So here's what I have. Here's the pros I have so far. Um, possibly a more player-centric environment opposed to club-centric um, when you think about it because they're focused more on moving players on to a pro environment, so they have to really focus on the individual. Also, um, you know, there's a focus on getting recruited to college uh, in a pay-to-play situation. So these are other pros. Um, another one is um, at a non-pro club, you're still marketable to any pro clubs. You're not locked in. I mean, obviously, you know, in this country, MLS has their rules. I think it's a 90-mile radius uh, that the club has to, um, you know, to where they can – get play the, the the players in that market are, are really theirs, but you know, we've seen it a lot where I've seen kids move out of the market, move to different markets. So I think there's ways around that and players have kind of, and parents even have figured that out. So to me, those are the pros. And, and when you really think about that one, <clears throat> um, you know, if, if a kid is on in a non-professional club, you know, and let's say he's 16, 17 years old and there's an agent that wants to represent him or whatever, or, or, or maybe even the club just has contacts. They could speak to multiple clubs on behalf of that kid. Right. So um, to me, that's something that could also be attractive. Um, anything you want to add to the pros of uh, a pay to play situation? Uh, you know, I guess, you know, I think you covered a big, big chunk of it. I mean, you know, I think another another area might be when you are in a pay-to-play system, there's more money available to the clubs. Uh, a lot of these clubs are, are nonprofit organizations that need to invest that money so it can go into scholarships for players uh, that, that need it. Um, and it also allows you to invest in coaching education to help develop coaches in the country. I think that, you know, when you look at, I mean, both of us are taking our A license this year and it's not cheap. Uh, it's, it's very expensive. And, you know, would we be able to do it if organizations didn't pay us to do our jobs uh, or would we do it? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I love it. I love learning. I love getting better. I love improving. I think you do. I think, you know, the majority of the coaches out there, you know, would love to have access to coaching education. And, and when you free up a little bit of money for the, the clubs, it allows them to, to invest in that. And I don't know of a club that doesn't invest in coaching education. It's such a priority to them. So that would be a, a pro for me for sure. Yeah. So um, here's something else to consider, you know, and it's funny cause I get, you know, I, I get a lot of parents that ask me questions, you know, about this all the time. And they'll say, Hey coach, you know, like, 
you know, my kid is thinking about this MLS club or that MLS club, and they're really thriving where they are. And, and, you know, I, I don't, of course, I don't discourage that because they should throw, they should, the kid, the player, if they want to play at the highest level, then they should want to be challenged and they should want to be at that level. But at the same time as well, when you think about development, I mean, I've seen some kids go to a pro club and then not play where, you know, and um, I saw one kid that got cut from a pro club and he ended up in a non MLS club and the kid like led the the country in goals for half the year. And I thought to myself, man, thank God that kid got cut. (laughs) And, and, and the non, the non MLS club actually ended up playing that kid out of position. The kid was usually like a central midfielder use that kid in a different position, played him as a, as a false nine. And all of a sudden they figured out, Oh my gosh, this kid can freaking score goals. So it was like amazing for that kid's development. So, um, you know, I, I, I think those are things that to consider it's, it's, I don't think, um, you know, I think a, a, a pay to play situation could be very beneficial to certain players, you know, to where, um, you know, maybe being in a pro or MLS environment maybe isn't isn't good for certain certain players. So it, it's every situation is different. Every every player is different. I just think you have to weigh everything out. Um, I will say, if you want to play at the highest level, though, sometimes you got to be willing to risk it all to to, to gain it all. You know, and, and you got to go for it and take risks. So I don't I don't want to I don't want to leave anyone thinking that they should not take the risk if that's if they want to play at the highest level then sometimes you got to go for it well that's uh, that's what that's what the mls academy is is designed for right it's it's to put the the best players in you know sh- steel sharpened steel right uh yeah you know you you got to make sure that, that that guys are are dueling each other every day in practice and games and and i think the mls is piggyback off the da a little bit i don't know that i would say improved or not um but I would definitely say that they've they've kind of jumped in and and kind of really really seem to be taking soccer into the right direction. Um, I mean, I know that that's another discussion again is the DA, but I think when you watch and I can't wait to talk about the game, but you start watching some of these kids that are being developed through that that academy format, you're starting to see the benefits of putting the best players against the best players on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. So the cons I have here are um, people being excluded based on the cost. That is, that to me is the big argument. That's why, that's what, you know, most people say is that that's their argument. They're like, oh, well, you know, a lot of kids aren't playing because of cost. I, I, I don't believe that. I, I, I don't believe that we're missing out on so many kids that could be playing soccer because of the cost. I, I think that rec soccer is where you start, right? And if you look at rec, rec soccer, rec soccer costs as little as 50 bucks to 150 bucks, but it's pretty inexpensive compared to our major sports where, you know, that's the, uh, another argument is that we lose our best athletes to, you know, the main sports, the, 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 the American sports, the traditional American sports, you're, your big, your big, what your big three was it baseball, basketball, football, like those three sports get our, our best athletes. But I don't think that has to do with the cost. I think that has to do more with just the culture of the country, but this is a con. This is something that 
everyone really complains about that people are being excluded based on the cost. So um, the next one is not attracting the most athletic kids. Um, this is what is, is said. Um, possibly a pay to play system is more political because it's parent ran. Um, coaches have pressure to keep customers happy. Um, less of a pathway to being a pro. Um, not as competitive as, of an environment and players may not be as motivated to play as a pro. So let's say you have a really good kid and he wants to be a pro, but the, uh, the rest of the group isn't driven like that kid. Maybe that kid needs to be in the pro environment. So these are the cons that people say, do you want to comment or add to any of that? I what do. Are your, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So, so the one that, that really is a, been a, a talking point for me and, and for some of the guys I coach with for a long time has been the best athletes. Um, you know, when you look, I, I saw, I saw this interview with this, this guy who, uh, was talking about his son and he was talking about soccer and he, he was watching the world cup for the first time. And he was talking about world money. And he's like, it's safer. And he had all these, he was so jacked and so excited about having this kid play soccer. Um, I think, I think when you look at the way that basketball is, you go down to the park, you play with your friends, you get better, you play, you know, AAU and, and then, you know, high school, which is free. And then you go to college football is very similar. Um, you know, you can, you don't have to play an organ on an organized team to develop and school provides a, a, a resource and a pathway to college, which then takes you to pro, uh, I'm not as familiar with the baseball model, but I do know that it's probably pretty similar uh when we look at our our model um we're a little bit different you know uh hockey's more like us but hockey's kind of you know a regional sport in our country um and it's not as global as soccer so when you look at a global sport like soccer that's traditionally inexpensive that has other countries they they get the best athletes because they have no other sports to play and you look at our country and you look at the pathway it takes our players we go through more of a competitive, our best players are playing in competitive environments, not in school environments. And so for me, touching home or touching base on, on this a little bit is I believe that a lot of the kids play those sports because they want to become pros. They want to, uh, you know, have a pathway out of some of the communities that they're in and, and get a better life for not only themselves, but for, for their families, similar to the stories we hear in Argentina and Brazil and other areas of the world. Um, so I think that, you know, for our kids, you know, how can we get the best athletes? And if we're paying, are we, are we losing those athletes? And I would say, yes, I said, that is, that is, that is something that I think that, that maybe we, we have been, um, I wouldn't say, I don't think we're losing the athletes. I think the perception that the game is not obtainable for these players prevents them from playing. I truly believe if an athlete came out who's never played the game of soccer and he came out and tried for one of my teams or your teams or someone else we know, and he was an incredible athlete and he was really excited and wanted to play soccer, he's not getting turned away. But I think the perception, the price tag of the game, he doesn't come out and try out because he assumes that he can't afford it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think, look, I think kids that want to play football, 
you know, like football in this country has its own culture and history. Same with baseball, same with basketball. Um, and, and those are, um, you know, those are traditional American sports and, you know, those, those athletes and those sports are mainstream and they're, they're, those athletes are, are glorified here. And that's, I, I can understand why, you know, Americans would want to play those sports. I, I, I just think a solution to our problem is, you know, we need to get, especially like MLS clubs and MLS clubs. I, hey, if you're listening, any of you are listening, you guys could hire me. I'll get right into, I'll get right into those markets <laughs> and into those neighborhoods. You could hire me to do this. And, um, and I'll develop soccer players there. I mean, to me, like, you know, to me, that's, that's what needs to be done. We talk about outreaches and reaching those communities of, of kids. Um, look, our kids in this country, they play for a different reason that they play in other countries. Absolutely. Okay. In, in, in some countries, like, especially in South America, many of the kids are playing for a way out. And, and the kids, the kids that don't need to play for a way out, they don't really end up pursuing it at a professional level because they don't need it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like a lot of the kids that came to my university from Argentina, for example, a few of them were probably good enough to be pros, but their parents were like, uh, son, you don't need to be a pro. You're going to, you're going to go to school and you're going to take over the business one day, you know? And that was their mentality. And so, you know, we're not, our kids don't need the game and most of, most of the, our kids don't need the game. You know, even, even some of our kids from, you know, less, um, you know, less fortunate areas or, 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 you know, areas where there's, you know, they have more of a financial uh, hardship. Um, even those kids aren't like the kid. I mean, th- those kids are like rich compared to some of the kids I met in South America, you know, so um, even those kids don't need it, but it is an opportunity for them. So I can understand why they gravitate toward football, basketball, baseball. I, I get it. And soccer is now providing a global opportunity. Yeah. You know, well, and, 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 I would, and, and I just think we need to do a better job. This is a solution to, the, to, to these problems is that we need to do a better job as an outreach to get into those, like, for example, I've been to a Pop Warner football game. And by the way, they're paying some money to be out there. There's a lot of money thrown around those Pop Warner football games. And those, those parents are, man, they're crazy. It's like, actually, it's awesome. <laughs> like, they're so passionate and they're nuts about the game. And, um, you know, for little kids playing football, I mean, it is a great environment. And um, if we can get into those neighborhoods and get into those kids and offer soccer, um, and that's what, that, that's what we're not doing, what we need to do, you know? So, yeah. But, um, well, just touching on that, Phil, is it great though? Is it, is it, um, you know, I've watched when I watch, um, I love, you know, they do the commentating, they have the spectators, they have all the stuff and, and it's wonderful, but you know what else I see? I see a lot of really crazy, uh, dads that, that put a lot of pressure on their kids that, that coaches who are not educated, um, out in lightning storms, doing laps in a hundred degree weather. I mean, I've seen a lot of things that, that I think in our sport, um, boy, if we did that, we'd be in, in, in quite a bit of trouble. Um, you know, so, so I, I do see some things in pop Warner, like the culture. And that's one thing I wanted to mention is, is I, 
I don't I don't think it's fair to judge our 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 national team based on our pay pay to play model like we had mentioned earlier. But I also don't think it's fair to compare our game and how we approach the game to any other country in the world because it's cultural. Everything's different. Uh, the every, reason every, American player plays this game here, like you said, is very different from the reason another kid plays. Um, and our kids, most of them are first generation soccer players, which means mom and dad may, may never have played the game. So it's important that we light that fire for them, that we embrace that love and that passion for the game where in other countries they grew up in the day they were born, they got a Jersey and they sit down and they watch soccer every afternoon with mom and dad. And it just becomes cultural. So for our kids, I think making sure that, that, that we understand the difference between what other countries do, why they do it, why we do things and, and how we, how we charge for those things, they're not always going to relate to each other. We can't pick and choose things that work in other countries and, and apply them here because they don't always work. In Europe, you know, a lot of the towns are built in communities around each other and the kids are closer together and they have a, a large pool of talented players in a small area. We don't have that luxury here. Our communities are spread out. We have bigger neighborhoods. Kids can't ride their bikes like they used to because, you know, their friends live in another community that's on the other side of the highway. So there's a lot of there's a lot of drawbacks um, to our community and the, and the size of our country. And there's a lot of good things to it. But that being said, I mean, you know, I I just I just don't think it's you know I I I guess what I'm trying to say is I I don't think it's our conversation and comparing us to other countries. And, and I'm sure it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Well, here's the other thing. Let's think about this. We talk about getting the, the best athletes, right? Yep. Would Messi play basketball or no. football? Maybe ba- based on his athleticism. I think, I think when you look at our, an American player, when, when my daughter wants to play high school soccer, our high school soccer team's not very good, but she wants to play it because of the social environment to that high school. It's very important. We, we understand that kids love college sports and they love high school sports for, for the social aspect of it, which is very important in our community and our culture and other countries, school sports are not looked at the same way they are here. So I think that that's something that is a little bit unique in other sports in our country that have been more of the, the name brand sports, you know, no, but no, no. But what what I'm saying is when it comes to the argument of we don't get the best athletes. Oh yeah. Well, what I'm saying is a guy like Messi, a guy like Messi, if he was American, is he the, does he have the athletic frame to play uh, football or basketball? Uh, you know, I w- basketball, no. Football is a little different, though. I mean, you come in all sizes. I mean, what I would say is I wouldn't base it based on his physical abilities. I would base it on the, the culture. Would Messi, if he lived in our country, have done what he did in Argentina? I don't think so. Because I think he'd be too distracted by social environments of school and the influence of school and popularity and the reason kids play. I played football because no, I'm not even. I'm talking about. I'm talking about these. I'm talking about factors that are just obvious, like his size. Like to me, there is no way Messi would get killed uh, at at a college level of of if if he's playing NCAA football at a Division One level. (laughs) <laughs> he'd get well, ran over. My point is, is that saying we don't get, there's different types of athletes. Like you don't have to be 
a, a huge guy to be a great soccer player. Like Messi, Messi's what five five. I mean, he's a he's a, he's a tiny guy. He's got other characteristics that make him a good athlete. Like he's quick, he's fast. You know, so so. But what I'm saying is that's not always an argument here. Is that we don't get the most athletic kids, but we have a lot of athletic kids. Well, think, think you, you know, just they're not football athletic or basketball athletic all yeah, the time. But but I would argue, put Tyreek Hill in Argentina and and have him you know grow up in that culture and play soccer. Imagine him as a soccer player. Imagine Kobe Bryant as a nine. Imagine serving a ball in the box with a guy with that 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 those types of. Uh, vertical abilities. I mean, we have the luxury of having so many world-class athletes. And like we talked about earlier, look at the Olympics every year. We, we medal more than anybody else. And, you know, we, we, we do very well, but we have to divide our athletes into different sports. Now, you know, Messi is more of a, a prototypical soccer body um, than someone like a, a Kobe Bryant or, or LeBron James or, you know, I can't think of another athlete right now. Uh, uh, Tom Brady, you know, look at him. I mean, he's not much of an athlete at all, but he, Hey, he... hey look at the end of the day, we have 3 million playing youth soccer. We have 24 million playing soccer in total. That's 3 million is more than many countries. I mean, Uruguay, I think I'm pretty sure is less than 3 million people. And so, and look what they do. So yep. to me, to me, it's not a matter of the amount of P well, to me, we have, enough people playing. I don't care if they're paying or not. To me, it's a matter of what we do with those players. We have a 50% dropout rate by the time kids hit 13 years old. So right there, that tells you that something's wrong. To me, we don't have our best. We don't have our, our best coaches work with our older players, which is an issue. We need our, we need some of our best coaches working with younger players or at least overseeing those kids um, and fostering their development. Um, and, um, to me, it's, look, I I would challenge people. I I would have no problem. This would be a great project. I'd love to take 20 kids, you know, they could be semi-athletic, whatever. I'll let someone else take, you know, someone else with less experience coaching than me. They can take 20 kids. My 20 kids pay. Their 20 kids are free. And we have the same resources in regards to just training. Like we just, we train the same amount of time, play the same amount of games. And I'd be confident to say that I'd probably develop more players. Why? Just because of experience and everything. And so my point is that we need to get our better coaches and more experienced coaches working with our younger players. That is a solution to a problem. I don't think it, like, I just think the pay to play at the end of the day is an, is an excuse as to why we're not better. And I hear a lot of, even my friends, you know, will call me and they'll complain about, Oh, well, you know, I, I, why is our, why don't we have better players and this, that, and the other in this country? And I'm like, dude, you run a club. Like at the end of the day, like what is your club producing? And I think we all, as, as all us coaches, leaders in the game like we all have to take responsibility of our little niche in our little area and make sure that we're doing our part to develop as many players as possible so we can so then we're not complaining in the end we can't we can't blame the guys that get the final product at the at the grassroots and youth level we're the guys that are producing that product right yep so i think we have to be better it starts with us 
Well, you said it earlier in one of the pros, you know, the players being, you know, being in a more player centric environment. Let, let's be honest. Well, let, you know, and it's probably, you know, probably some of our coaching, you know, colleagues will probably, you know, get a little upset with me with saying this. But what is the reason the best coaches aren't coaching in those age groups? You know, I think it's very, you know, I think our field, um, you know, it's, it's very, very competitive. You know, I think guys that coach are very competitive. You know, guys want to work with the best players. You know, guys, you know, they lose patience with some of the younger kids. You know, they want to be. You know, it, it, you know, it's their, their accolades are very important. You can tell, you know, do they have a trophy room? You know, I know a lot of coaches that, that are the opposite of that, you know, that they, they give and give and give and give. And, um, it isn't about about them at all. It's, it's, it's about the kids, but I think that there is a quite a few coaches, um, that, that I'm sure, you know, that I know that we've worked with or we've, we've coached against who, who are in it more for themselves than for the players. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, you know, probably going to get, you know, ridiculed for saying that, but is it not the truth? And, you know, play, you know, coaching, you know, a U nine or U 10 game on Saturday afternoon, is it the same or would they do that if they had the opportunity to coach, you know, U 17 MLS Academy team. And then we argue, which one is more important? Um, you know, and I, well, well, can you do both? Could you do both? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you could. I think it's different. I think it's difficult, though. You know, I, I mean, imagine doing a six o'clock session with with the younger boys. I mean, you gotta have energy, you know. And that's that's something else that we need to talk about. You know, when we're talking about the pay to play, you know, I would love to see the coaches actually make more money and be able to do it full time, um, and 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 kind of reduce their workload. You know, I know a coach who's got three teams, and and I'm thinking, my God, like, how <laughs> do you lot. do it? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Well, well, Freddie, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, there's a lot of coaches that get a lot of, you know, flack about, oh, well, you're only in it for the money. Look, I, I, I told someone this yesterday, and this was a guy at an MLS club. I said, the day that I don't enjoy this anymore is the day that I go become a farmer or I go start cutting grass or whatever. I just I want to do what I love. And I, I, I do this because I love it, um, but I have to make a living. You know, like we all have to make a living. Um, but, you know, I've been a director of three youth clubs and I can tell you now in order for me to do that, they'd have to pay me very well. Why? Because I know and have experienced managing parents, managing coaches, managing the whole club. This team has an issue. That team has you. It is a lot of work and it is very stressful and there is no doubt there is no doubt that uh, those guys deserve to get paid. There is no doubt in that. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. And I would, I, you know, I think the guys that run the clubs, I think, you know, you know, I know the guys in the Tampa Bay area. I mean, you know, th- there's very competitive between the clubs. But what I would say is on both sides, there are a lot of really good people who work very, very long hours, very, very hard for their club. The guys that you hate competing against, boy, you love it when they got your back you know, you're on that side of the fence, but when you're on the opposite side and having that, that perception of seeing different clubs and organizations and, and people, we all want the same thing. We all want to develop players. We all want to be competitive. We all want to enjoy the game. We all want to make kids better. Ultimately, I think we're all really good people trying to, to do something we all love and we're trying to pass on the knowledge that we have to the kids so that they can take our place one day and coach our grandkids 
And, and I think I, I truly believe that there are more good people in the game of soccer um, that are in it for the right reasons or, or, you know, they're putting their heart and soul into the game and they definitely need to be compensated. I, I would say this, I would, I would rather pay more money for my daughter to play knowing that my coach wakes up in the morning thinking about my daughter and her teammates and they're doing everything they can to help her, you know, fulfill whatever dreams she might have or, or whatever she needs, knowing that that is his priority. That is his job that I can call him at eight o'clock in the morning and say, Hey coach, you know, like I have a question and he's there and he can answer it. Cause that would, that's what I would like to do for, for my kids. I would like my parents or my, my directors or my um, team managers to be able to reach out to me at any time of the day and have a conversation um, and make myself available. But I couldn't imagine having to work eight hours a day, get off work, sprint to practice, run a session with a bunch of young players, have energy, excitement. And then about three minutes later, run another session. And, and I just feel like some of the guys you know, like as good as the coaches are, they could be better. And if we invest more into the game and, and we pay these coaches more, then I think that you can reduce the amount that they're getting worked. Uh, and then you'll see a better product on the field from the coaches that will make it a more exciting environment for the kids, which will in turn, they'll love the game. And to be honest with you, in our country, parents, you know, they'll, when their kids are enjoying something, they're going to do whatever it takes and if we have a, you know, a resource to make sure that every kid in need has the adv- ability to play, then what we're excited about, what we saw from our national team over the last couple of months, I think is only the start of things. Yeah, look, I, I, I want to wrap this up and uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about the U.S., just the, the, the game last night. But um, um, just in conclusion for me here with this is that I, I, I don't think pay to play is our biggest problem as a, as a football country. Um, I, I could see, I could understand and see how it can be an issue for certain players, especially in certain areas. But I do think and believe that most clubs try to accommodate the best they can. Those kids with financial hardships. Also, we have the MLS that is free now. So there's no excuses in regards to that. And I, I just don't want us to use, um, pay to play as an excuse as to why we're not better. Um, and that said, um, I think we're on a really good path, uh, to, to being you know, with everything we have going on in this country, kids signing professional contracts at a younger age, uh, younger players getting an opportunities to play in MLS at 17 years old, 18 years old. Um, the game continues to grow in our country and uh, I don't think pay to play is holding us back at this point or is going to hold us back in the future. And we're just going to continue to evolve. So that's my, my so conclusion. I, I guess the, the final thing I would say on it, Phil, is, is I don't think that the pay to play is the issue. I, I truly believe it is how we allocate the money that the parents are paying could, could probably improve. Um, and making sure that we prioritize our needs versus our wants as coaches, directors, uh, managers, parents, um, and be fiscally responsible with, with our decision-making for those kids. Fair? Fair. <laughs> All right. So, hey, lastly, so um, 
and I don't, I don't want to go too into too too into too into this, but you know, the you the the national team was, um, you know, we were we had two ties. We're in World Cup qualifiers. We had two ties, and twelve games left, and people on my 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 social media and all and and pundits are freaking out, and I'm and I, you know you know it's kind of like annoying or frustrating is that I have friends that have been coaching for like 30 years that are older than me, you know, they've been coaching a long time and they're freaking out. And I was like, guys, uh, do we not realize we have like 12 more games left and we just won two championships over the summer and just be patient. Like don't panic. And I knew, and you know, what's funny at halftime, we're down one, nothing. And man, the world was blowing up. People are freaking out, panicking. I'm going to people. I'm people are saying I'm going to sleep. Uh, you know, we're terrible. We're not going to qualify. I saw people posting that stuff, and I was just thinking to myself, man, in 45 minutes, there's going to be a lot of people deleting posts. And sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, we end up scoring four in the second half. Um, you know, look, I'm just happy we got the result. I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to say too much about the game. I'm not going to go into details. All I'm going to say is this. We are young. We have like – it's like a U23 team almost, you know, and and some of our best players are playing at the highest level in Europe. Like, we're good, but these guys, you know, this is their first – Some of most of them, a lot of them, it's their first time going through World Cup qualifiers. It is a lot different playing – in Mexico where you might get a battery thrown at you at a corner kick or, uh, you know, and, and, and playing on the road, uh, you know, in Honduras or, um, or El Salvador, it's different than playing in, in Europe, you know, and, and it's not easy, you know, and, and that said, CONCACAF has gotten better. Like I, I would love, I would love, like, I would love to be a head coach for like Haiti or Jamaica or something like those teams could go to the world cup. They can qualify. Like yeah. they're like, they have players, like they're all, they've all improved. Canada is so improved. They have a bunch of guys playing in Europe as well. Now, like CONCACAF has improved. I'm not saying it's Europe. I'm not saying it's South America, but I'm not saying it's easy either. It's not easy. It is not easy. But um, at the end of the day, you know, I just, everyone panicking. I, I thought it was funny. I was like, come on guys, just relax. Like, no need to panic, you know, and, and, but we do have a young team and I think we need to be patient with that. And, you know, these guys have uh, two or three more cycles in them, some of them, you know, and so yeah. it's going to be cool to watch them, uh, you know, grow. And I'm confident that in my lifetime, before I die, the United States is going to win the world cup and I could die after that. Well, let me, great. let me, let me, let me just, uh, let me just say in my lifetime, of watching our, our country play. I have never been more proud and more excited to watch soccer. I can't, I don't remember my childhood. I don't remember at any point in my life, like the last you know year or so, watching a game, jumping up and down, being so engaged, so excited, so passionate, you know, yelling at the TV when they make a mistake and, and, and cheering and, and, I, I'm just so excited about our guys. Like I enjoy watching them. And I, and I'll say when our so-called B team took on Mexico, 
my first thought was, oh, man, you know, like they're going to get revenge against our guys. You know, we don't have our best lineup. And those guys, you know, that have been called the B team over and over and over, what they do? They took that American mentality and they went out and they just worked and they competed. And it was so inspiring and it was so emotional. That one I enjoyed more than the first one. Hey, uh, Freddie, we have players that were not called up that are very, very good professional players. Absolutely. We yeah. do. So, so, and, and, and realistically, some of those guys would be considered like C players, yeah. you know, but they're very good pros. And, you know, they, they, those guys. So, our player pool, our player pool is just improving, but it's young. And, uh, you know, well, Ro- Rome wasn't built in a day. We all have to be patient. After we didn't qualify in the last World Cup, right? Everyone was like, oh, we need to like scrap the program, start over. Like all the pundits were freaking out. So we've pretty much done that. Like, yeah. like we've pretty much, so now we got to be patient and let the process handle itself. And I will say, you know, there's, there's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a process that we have to be patient with. And of course we want to qualify and we have to qualify. Like, and I, I, I have not had a doubt that we were not going to qualify. Like I fully believe we're going to qualify fully well, believe it. So, me- but, 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 but what I wanted to say was, is that, um, um, I think Greg Bol, uh, Bolhalter has done a great job. Like I think he's and and the team doesn't always play beautiful soccer at times. He's trying different people. He's tried different formations. You know, some would argue maybe it's at the wrong time. Whatever. At the end of the day, um, we are playing. We're we're more bold. We're more bold than we've ever been. Like sometimes almost too bold, um, to my opinion. But at the end of the day, like we're being more proactive about our approach and and imposing our will upon opponents at times and we're taking a more proactive approach and um it's just it's going to take time we got to be patient that's all there there's one more element to that i want to mention um and maybe it's it maybe it's a a discussion for another day um but fantastic on the men's side the women's side man i i gotta say our women have been the best in the world for a long time and the reason that, that, that I've heard that countries like Brazil and, and other countries that haven't been as good is because they don't put enough money into the programs. They haven't invested into the programs, which is an interesting conversation. But that's for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well I, the, the world is catching up on the women's side and, and they are investing now. Yep. You know, um, they are investing now. So there's there's, you know, um, you know, so that, that, that's that. And I, yeah, that is a whole nother conversation in regards to women's soccer. I don't even want to touch it right now, but um, um, yeah, the world is catching up because they are investing in it. So, um, you know, what, it, it, it is what it is. What I would like to say though, is as excited as we are about the men, um, there, there are amateur uh, female athletes around our country that play youth and college and pro. And, you know, we, 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 we would do them a, disservice without saying you know how proud of we we are um i know we give the national team a hard time um you know for underperforming recently but for the longest time they have been the best in the world and there are a lot of haven't made the national team um that have really gone and had you know good pro careers or college careers and um 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited where soccer is in our country, both on the male or the men's and the women's side, for sure. It's, it's, it's growing. And, and uh, even if you look at the, um, the fan, like MLS clubs and the, the culture at those games and the fan bases. And I mean, there's, and I'll just use my team as an example. I say my team cause it's in my backyard, but inter Miami, um, you know, the, the, the supporter section to me is the, one of the best things happening in South Florida in, in sports. Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't matter if they're winning or losing that section is a party that, that is that they are rocking, you know, and, um, and it's fun. It makes the atmosphere fun. And that's exactly what, what we need is that culture. And it's awesome to see. I mean, I've been watching. So just, just see Freddie, just so you know, and I'll share this with the listeners. Like I've been watching the U S national team since I was a little kid. I'm 44 years old now since the eighties since actually since we, uh, since before we qualified for the world cup in 1990 in Italy, I've been following the U S national team and, um, you know, so I've watched this thing grow and I'm sure you have too. And it's just where, where it's at now is really exciting in regards to just the game in our country, not necessarily the national team, but just the game in our country is it's, it's taking off and it's only going to get bigger and better. So I'm excited anyways. Um, guys, that's it. Uh, thanks. Thank you everyone for listening. And I just want to say again, um, you could be a sponsor of the soccer Phil show and your proceeds will go to scholarshiping a player uh, that we will help to get to the next level in our program. So, you know, we, uh, we appreciate your sponsorships and we want to help your business. Um, and that's it. Thanks for listening. And uh, Freddie, thanks for joining. And uh, no problem. We'll talk soon. Thank you.